Criterion Cult Film Podcast. I'm one of your host, Jordan Garcia. Also, we got Armando Arvizu here. And today we have a very special guest. Um, I'm going to say, I mean, former comedian, former podcast, but current film lover, and that's what matters here. We got Matt Avila. Hey, hey, what's going on? Thank you for being here with us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm uh, hell yeah. very excited. How you been? I've been good, you know, just hanging out, watching movies, uh, trying to watch stuff I haven't seen before uh, in the pandemic, in this, you know, year inside, year yeah. and a half inside. Um, you're, I mean, are you? It's a year. You're, you're a uh, Criterion Channel subscriber, I imagine. Oh, I got that charter membership freaking thank you Hell uh, yeah. email yeah. the other day for the yep. two years. Yeah, Hell two years. yeah. Well, all of us so here yeah, got it too. Criterion got a lot of love over the, the pandemic. Yeah. definitely oh yeah i mean it got it pretty much got this podcast going the yeah, yeah i would imagine yeah so, yeah so today you are doing a scorsese double feature mm-hmm. uh off the bat first we're talking about the scorsese shorts which is there it's not a pair of shorts he doesn't own like he's not doing a clothing company i don't even but, think i've seen him in shorts yeah if i don't think he should wear shorts <laughs> that would be pretty weird right yeah. for scorsese to be in shorts like imagine him in like a bill, billabong shorts and like a hurley shirt yeah, not <laughs> yeah. Or a, a Pennywise cap. A penny, the band Pennywise, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're doing the Scorsese shorts, which are his short films. Uh, a lot of them were done when he was in film school, mm-hmm. and then just done before you know he became the big director that he is. And so um, there's a few of them. Uh, Criterion Collection actually put it out as a kind of little box set that you can get, but it's also on the channel if mm-hmm. you have the channel to watch them. So we're going to be talking about Italian American, which is from 1974 which is a little documentary he did about his parents. Then we're going to be talking about American Boy, which is uh, from 1978, which is a little documentary about, um, what's his name? Stephen Prince. Stephen Prince. Yes. Prince, okay. Stephen Prince, Prince yeah. and he okay. is the uh, guy who sells the guns in Taxi Driver. Mm-hmm. The, that really great scene. And then uh, we're going to talk about The Big Shave from 1967. It's Not Just You, Murray, from 1964. What's a nice girl like you doing in a place like this from 1963? Mm-hmm. So uh, the first thing I just want to ask, Matt, is your first experience with these shorts. Did you... So for instance, like I, I saw uh, The Big Shave and Italian American on YouTube. Okay. Uh, like a while back. Yeah. So I was wondering, um, did, had you seen these before in any way or did you just see them until they were released? No. Uh, so I hadn't seen them in full until they were released. I had initially seen, obviously like... Scorsese is my favorite director of all time, like unequivocally. Oh, nice. I can't, yeah, I can't like lie about that. So that's part of the reason why I chose him. But so I've seen clips of Italian American and The Big Shave and American Boy in like various sort of like not necessarily documentaries or anything like that, but kind of like you know clips about Scorsese that are you know from previous shows or whatever right. award shows and stuff. So I've seen clips of them, but watching them in full, this was my first time after buying the um the little box set that they released and i was telling mondo before we recorded that uh the interview with ari aster and the safety brothers actually is what got me to like okay i gotta buy that like i gotta check it out just hearing them talk about it yeah yeah so uh just i mean just right off the bat something um i guess i want to talk about is how uh well you can you know, you, you want you can actually watch these shorts and say that's a Martin Scorsese short. 
Yeah. You know, there, there's no, uh, it's not sort of like someone finding their groove. It's like he fucking has his groove, like right off the bat. It's, it's crazy that like watching these, you can kind of see like, oh yeah, he's going to be doing like this thing in a, you know, in this movie or like you see like he was already doing his trademarks like at the beginning. It yeah. Seems like. Oh yeah. And he always had like the, his, um, I, I just for one of them that uh, I want to talk about was, it's not just you Murray, mm-hmm. which is what he did at NYU film school. Which is uh, the first thing I thought of when I was when we were watching it. Uh, me and Mondo were watching it was uh, Goodfellas because of the way he talks to the camera, the way he's sort of explaining his story as being like sort of a mobster that's mm-hmm. like moving up in this world. And then Mondo had mentioned Casino that she, he got that vibe from. It. Oh yeah, and I was like, oh yeah. And then you just sort of realize it's like yeah, that it's like Wolf of Wall Street, Irishman. It's like all that. It's all yeah, and and it's really it it's just really crazy to me how well established he is right at the beginning of it because i imagine these are non-actors these mm-hmm. are people who don't really you know they're they're not uh, in a bunch of stuff i imagine yeah 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 so the the fact that he was able to get like these really uh, pretty good performances out of them especially if if you watch the it's not just you murray where they have that scene it's like a little fight scene that's sort of it's like from oh Main Street. yeah yeah uh the one where they're sort of like going around um Wait, yeah, they're they're getting chased around the little room, right? Yeah, it's yes, like yeah. I guess they're bootlegging. They're bootlegging like gin. Yeah, uh, and then they get in that little squabble. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah, and it's all kind of done in in this one take where uh-huh. he doesn't cut for anything. He just sort of lets the chaos kind of go everywhere, and everyone just falling around everywhere. Mm-hmm. Or, you know what I mean? And it feels very much like Mean Streets. And so yeah. there's like a scene in Mean Streets where Robert De Niro they all get into a fight in this pool hall. Yeah, and it has that same vibe. And it has kind of that same kind of oldies music in the background Definitely. and stuff like that. His little needle drop kind of yeah. <laughs> uh, trademark too. Yeah, and he was still just doing that yeah. back in the day. And that's crazy as a student, you know, as a student filmmaker, this, you know, tiny little Italian man is just sort of able to just go to <laughs> NYU. Yeah, it was it was interesting seeing the shorts, just seeing how like how prominent like uh, Martin Scorsese's style was already in yeah. in these early shorts. But the Safties mention it like he's just practicing all these things. You know, he does. They said that he doesn't have the stories yet. Like you know, so he's just like kind of practicing like you know how to control an actor, how, what to get out an actor, and how to like you know shoot a shoot a scene. So I thought that was really interesting that like how how much Scorsese is practicing. And even in the beginning of King of Comedy, they're talking about, damn it, I, f- who, damn it, I forget now what he's saying exactly, but, or, or it's Jerry Lewis, how much time and effort and practice you have to put in, you know? I know Scorsese didn't yeah. write it or anything, you know? It was the, Paul, uh, was it Paul Zimmerman? Or Paul's, uh, Zimmerman. Paul yeah. D. Zimmerman, yeah. D. Zimmerman, yeah. Well, forget the D. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, just yeah, like how much, Zimmerman. but it just like shows like how much like, uh, how Scorsese like is is a cinephile and wants to work to get these you know these things and is willing to put in the work you know yeah. and oh yeah and you see that right off the bat from these shorts you know definitely yeah, yeah definitely. it's it's crazy the movie that when I saw um it's not just you Murray or it's not you Murray it's not just you Murray not just you yeah. Murray uh the the movie that popped into my mind when I saw that one was um uh, uh Wolf of Wall Street yeah. Because it just seems so much like, I get the Goodfellas thing too and the Casino thing, but there's only like, I mean, Casino, uh, they never like break the fourth wall, right? That 
No, but it's and like a lot of voiceover. A lot of voiceover. And just how they're dressed so like stylish in like casino and in and, 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 and it's not in just that humor, short yeah. yeah. Just how they're paying attention to that and then even the whole there's the whole like uh his friend and the wife. Oh part yeah, that's thing right. Too, yeah, know, definitely. With Sharon Stone that. and Joe Pesci and Joe Pesci Casino and stuff Okay, like that. yeah, I didn't really you put know? that together, but yeah. Wolf of Wall Street popped in my mind because, you know, Leo is talking directly to the camera for most of that movie. And the other thing too, I didn't, the shorts really, I think make you realize like, I don't know, I guess because he's my favorite director. Like I'm always sort of trying to tell people like he's more than Goodfellas in casino. Oh, for sure. Because people sort of think like, yeah, he's like the rock and roll director. And like, you know, he does these great needle drops with these awesome rock songs and like these classic rock songs. Like, yeah, but he does so much more than that. Yeah, and you see how much he does with character and how it's more like. I mean, that's sad to say that I'm kind of just like realizing that, like when I was watching these shorts and how they were talking about mm-hmm. it, it's just like, yeah, he's so focused on character and like, and obviously you see that in American Boy where he's yeah. just focused on this one guy and then his family too, his parents. Uh huh. Like yeah. it's that's what makes it's so like explosive kind of like where like all these things just come together. Yeah. It looks style. It's just shot in a different way. Mm-hmm. And like, but he's mostly focused on these people's stories, you know, yeah. and telling a story, then telling a story and it's not than, just flash. And, exactly. And it's not just aesthetic, like, you know, yeah, it's not just the like, Oh, I thought of this scene. Yeah. So let's do it. Who cares what they're talking about in this? Like, no, he wants to know yeah. what they're talking about, but he's going to do it in like the most beautiful looking way, you know, right. and, like, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah like the Goodfellas scene where he goes, where uh, Henry goes on the date with Karen, and they go like the yeah, tracking shot. The you tracking know? shot. It's informing the character where this woman is like, you know, like whisked away with uh-huh. on, on this like almost fairy tale sort of at the beginning, you know, and yeah, you see how it turns, you know, and like, that's a really good thing to bring up because it, it sort of like has to do with his shorts as well that he didn't just do that uh, long take through the kitchen and everything for no reason just to mm, show yeah. up. It has like a real reason. Mm-hmm. It's like you said, showing her swept up in that. It's showing yeah. that she's... Yeah. And he does that in all the short films where yeah. he's not just doing these shots that are just to try to play around. And and he is practicing, but yeah. he's practicing for a reason. He's trying to yeah. like say he's something. Yeah, to like, yeah. He's honing his craft, you know? Yeah. Well, and even in, in stuff like American Boy and Italian American where it's just more of a documentary and like free flowing style, mm-hmm. he's still directing them in a sense. Like yeah. he tells his mom like, no, 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 like talk about the sauce. Yeah, like yeah. make the sauce and... But he like isn't he isn't forcing anything. He's right. like guiding people, you know. And it's just so like incredible that, like you said earlier, he can take non actors and guide them through these like stories that they know personally. But he's getting them to tell them in like a I don't know a real storyteller type way, where yeah. like you see uh, and the Safties and Ari Aster mentioned it in that conversation, like when the one friend in American Boy is talking and he's sort of doing too much oh yeah that's where Sazy like back, yeah puts his hand on him to sort of like tell him like no no no, like relax you yeah. know like we're not here for you like it almost is telling him like we're not here for you we're here for steven yeah like yes. you're just sort of at it you know yeah like play your part <laughs> right like there, this isn't necessarily a, a movie part just yes. be, uh, be natural you. be normal don't yeah. try to make things over dramatic just sort of talk mm-hmm. about it but then also again like you were saying with um with uh the american boy with stephen prince uh-huh. how he you know he had to make him kind of say a story over and again a few yeah times. a few different times because he's just like well the when you told me you had more nuance to it there's more emotion there's more mm-hmm. things to it as uh-huh. opposed to just cut and dry what you just said and so he's like oh, okay and so he does it again in, in sort of that way so it, it's really funny that they would 
uh, keep that in there. Yeah. You know, because they could have edited that out. Oh, yeah. And we wouldn't even know that that's going on. The, but the, I yeah, that yeah. He, to- he heard that story so many different times. Right. Yeah. He's like, no, no, I want it the way, like, you told it this way, you know, this yeah. time. Yeah, so that's another great thing about it is that he is still showing you that, that he is still directing something. You yeah, know, well, even that's, though it is like a documentary, I but. I find that that's interesting. I don't know if you guys have like ever noticed. I didn't notice it until I was watching. Um, do you ever watch those Hollywood Reporter roundtables with like the directors? Yeah, yeah. During award mm-hmm. season, I was watching the one when uh, the Irishman came out in Marriage Story and um, Little Women. So it was like Noah Baumbach, uh, right? Greta yeah, Gerwig. Right, yeah. Uh, Lulu Wong was on there for the farewells uh, also. So it was like a a great table. Yeah. And Noah Baumbach pointed out something that Scorsese did like incorrectly in silence, like a cut, like a take. Mm -hmm. I guess like the POV is like just wrong. You wouldn't ever show it that way. Uh Like from traditional filmmaking. Right. And uh, to your point about like them leaving him directing in, it seems like as good as he is and as smooth as a lot of his stuff is, he's not afraid to show you the mistakes. Like, he's not afraid to, like, show you, like, no, 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 like, we didn't get it. But, like, yeah. we're going to use this because For sure. it was still yeah. good. At, you know, we got to a point where it was usable. Like, it, it's just, to me, fascinating that even in the shorts you see, like, how precise he is. But... With the bigger movies, he's almost like a little more relaxed on like yeah uh, on like cuts and takes and stuff. But if you watch the Big Shave, I mean, it seems like that's something that's storyboarded out months in advance, and he's like precise with everything in that in that short. Yeah, it's pretty much where you kind of see where he loves those inserts. Yes, and, yeah. and it's one of those things where I feel like you know Wes Anderson probably saw that. And was like, I, this is how I'm going to film stuff. I'm going to get close-ups of, like, yeah. you know, like the soap and everything. You know what yeah. I mean? It really does feel like that. It feels very much uh, that something like that, if you're a young filmmaker, especially at the time that it came out and you see that, you're just like, oh, man. Like, he, he's got the practical, like, blood coming out of, you know, yeah. while he's shaving. It doesn't look fake. It, it looks very real. Yeah. And and I was we were actually, it's funny. Me and Mano, we were, when we were watching it, I was just like, oh, it's really... It's sort of like saying something like, you know, I, I was just kind of watching it and I was like, oh, it's like, it's kind of like all his movies in terms of like Goodfellas and all those kind of like uh, masculine kind of gangster movies where it's like showing this sort of masculine man just do something to himself that he knows is going to hurt him, but he keeps doing it anyway. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of doing it in this more experimental kind of visual way as opposed to like a narrative a straight narrative story yeah, yeah. so it was like always like i uh, it's this is more artistic yes and, it, and that's it. why yeah. it's crazy to me like i always think that he could just do something like a, an actual full like like a full-length film that's something like that yeah where it's more avant-garde more visual mm-hmm. not just uh you know uh, a straightforward story like the irishman or something like that it, it's something more strange and it's just more about feeling mm-hmm. and i know he kind of tried to do something a little different with shutter island um just to bring that up, just because I wanted to say that it's not bad. It's just not Scorsese, right? I just wanted to. I just want to give it some. Yeah. A little Man, love. Yeah, this may be. Sh- I love Shutter Island. Okay. Like I actually okay. really enjoy that movie a lot, and it. I don't. It's one of those movies to go on a huge tangent, but it's one of those movies that I don't really watch it for like his directing or what he's doing. I think there are a lot of great performances in that movie. Okay, because of the you know the through line of. 
it essentially being a performance for you know Leo's character. Yeah. yeah. That all the inmates and all the employees have to perform basically. Right. Yeah. For him. And to me, it's just one of those movies that, like, I can kind of almost similarly to, like, King of Comedy, which we'll talk about later. Like, you can watch a bunch of different times and pick up on, like, oh, I never noticed a facial gesture that character made. Or, like, so to me, that's why I like Shutter Island. But I guess, in a way, it isn't really a Scorsese movie for that reason. Because, I mean, I know that, like, he has the pedigree of, like, getting actors nominated for Oscars. But he just, to me, doesn't seem like a director where you think, like... I don't know. I don't immediately link him to great performances uh, all the time. I I just associate him with like a great overall movie because I think that's what his main goal is. No, for sure. That's very true because, um, you know, if you think about it, you know, the main performance in Goodfellas, you know, Ray Liotta is fantastic. Oh, man, he's great. But that's yeah. because he's Ray Liotta in that role. And yeah. I, I feel like Martin Scorsese just knew that. And mm-hmm. he knew he wouldn't really have to probably direct him. He's like, that's Ray, Ray Liotta. He just needs to be this. And yeah, because he didn't even get nominated for anything for that. Yeah. But yeah, that that is true. It doesn't seem like he's the type of person who's like, all right, I'm just worried about this one performance. Yeah. Because every little small character, even in the shorts, every single person like gets like a like some time to shine. Mm-hmm. They're they're like they 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 matter in the world of what's going on. You yeah, know? for sure. Especially in um in uh the uh what's a nice girl like you doing a place like oh this, yeah where he it feels very much like that like after hours i don't know if you've seen after yeah, hours. yeah yeah of course yeah but uh there's also this one part uh, that we were talking about where you know he'll say something the main character and it's just about him just having anxiety and just being like a depressed just weirdo and it just feels like it's like scorsese kind of uh, getting that off his chest, just yeah. sort of like writer's block or just whatever it may be. Like, cause I, it's not about writer's block, but he just—he's a writer. Of, yeah, he's a he writer. Does have that, and the, yeah. Sorry. Oh no, no, go no, ahead. No, no, yeah, go yeah. on. I don't. I just oh no, no, no. I was just gonna say, like, it, it is like he's a writer, but he buys that one portrait or like that painting, that, right? Yeah. That's right. That sort of just kind of like starts to eat away at him in a way. Yeah, I think. Damn, is that Damn, the, Barton like Fink? Barton Fink huh? <laughs> that's reminding me well, of Barton yeah, Fink so, now. So that, was, so that was one thing when I was watching that one. I was like, oh, that's kind of like Barton Fink. Yeah. But one thing about Scorsese that you brought up that I don't think people would normally associate him with is that sort of like loner type. I mean, I, I feel like people would associate him with it, but not him directly. Right. You know, but I think that's very much him because he's obviously drawn to characters who are alone a lot. You know, yeah, I yes. think like... He has something about him that's probably really dark that he gets out through movies, you know, yeah. so maybe that's why we don't hear about him. I mean, you know, because for being my favorite director, like, I really couldn't tell you a lot personally about him other than, like, what's an Italian-American? <laughs> no, for sure. He, he was able to funnel that uh, that madness, even though for a while he was getting in trouble with coke and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, but, yeah but he But then eventually he was able to funnel that into, like, these rules because you're, you're absolutely right. I do feel like that. Where it's just like, yeah, that is, it is sort of Scorsese kind of like saying these things. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, well, this is what, you know, I feel like I have the, this darkness in me, but I got to express it this way. Like, yeah. I'm not just going to go and, <laughs> and do these gonna, things. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I'm not just going to go like go crazy at a nightclub or something or like he's not going to do what his characters do basically he's not going to go sh- try to assassinate a yeah. politician or you know a tv host yeah break <laughs> someone's knees or something yeah exactly or just do like that old uh robert de niro old man de niro irishman stomp oh yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> but he was like 30 in that scene <laughs> 
I mean, look, I, I this, look, Scorsese's fantastic. Oh, one of the, and, he's and the and best. I, and I think that's one of the great things about watching these shorts and finally getting around to them for me was just being like, oh, yeah, like he pretty much came out of the womb a director or a, like, a, yeah. or a storyteller at least. Someone who can look what's going on around him and just say, oh, I, you know, I understand like the morality of the things, like not even just, oh, I think it's cool that there's gangsters doing these things. Yeah. He understands a deeper meaning of it. Like, you know, whether it's like the morality of religion or, mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, you know? exactly. That's how you guys were talking about earlier, how like you don't think of his like films as just like one performance. It's like because he's like firing on all cylinders and yeah. people really miss that, that he's like, you know, like almost like how david fincher is like always like trying to make perfection you know like and scorsese is doing perfection in his own way and kind of like getting like not just the shots but the performances and everything how it looks like it can be a little like uh not jaunty but i mean like you know like uh not like un like not clean you know like just like yeah like, you know he just wants to get this one thing kind of but all of it, it works it, on a different level where he's like you know it's not just style it's story it's character it's all these yes, things and, you know? and it's also in the way that you were talking about like things being kind of uh you know jaunty or, or yeah. just a little you know unhinged maybe maybe that like, that shouldn't have been the edit or maybe yeah. that shouldn't yeah. have been this like that because he knows about stuff like jean-luc Godard and he yeah. knows about those different types mm-hmm. of like french new wave where they just didn't care about the rules yeah it's yeah. fast and loose yes. kind of yeah and he knows how to like incorporate that stuff with things that feel very structured and very mm-hmm. much that it's the like, storyboard and planned but he can throw something in there where yeah. it's just like oh shit like well, if you were to storyboard that you wouldn't do that yeah yeah, yeah. but and one of the other things too that I mean, it's apparent in all of his movies because he uses it like the mixed media where he'll use like actual photographs. Mm-hmm. He'll like intermix all that stuff together. But in um, I think it's just, it's not just you, Murray. Oh, and then also what's a, a nice girl like you doing? Yeah, um, yeah both, the of, photographs. both yeah. of them. He the uses painting. like the photographs really heavily um, and stuff like that. And there was something and it's not just you, Murray. I think it's the intro where he's explaining who he is. He's like this, these shoes. And he like. You see his hand like guide you up. Oh, with yes. the camera. Yeah, I think it's the. It's not. It's not just you. It's right? not just you, Murray. Yeah, yeah. So he keeps like telling. Me, yeah. And but like I was watching that part, and he like he goes from a wide shot to like a close up of the face, and then back to the wide shot, and then completely to a different angle of that guy, and then it cuts directly to the outside, and I think it like pans over, and you see that he's standing outside there talking to you, and it's. It's just like a lot going on in a very brief period of time, but it also is just very like stimulating in a way that you're like, whoa, what did I just watch? And that's what a lot of his movies do. Like, I feel like a lot of his movies have moments where you're just like, what did, what did I just watch? And like, he was even doing that in the short. It, it's just crazy to me that he like. It's also crazy to me that he's still that way. I mean, Wolf of Wall Street is like fucking like, that's like a young person movie. I mean, yeah, <laughs> Absolutely. Movie. And like, the fact that he was like in his late seventies, I think when he yeah. or mid to late seventies when he was making that, yeah. and then what he follows that up with Silence, I think, yeah, and that's like a movie someone his age should be making, right. I, you know, but like he should be making those every year, every year, yeah. but he just like refuses, but because yeah. he, and that's what these shorts. I, I'm just gonna ask you after I say this, but um, that's what these shorts sort of show you that he's able to kind of do a collective of different things and so i was going to ask you like do you have a favorite of these shorts like do you prefer in terms of, you know because he has the italian american american boy which are more documentary yeah or do you kind of prefer the 
you know the the ones that show you his style that it's going to be in I Goodfellas mean, and I, of the of the shorts that are on this the two that stick out to me are the Big Shave and Italian American. Okay. Um, and I like American Boy a lot. I think it's I just think Stephen Prince is like so fascinating that I. <laughs> If there was like another hour of footage that I'm sure there is, like that they decide to throw together and cut. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I was, I mean, and that's it. Sorry, uh, oh, there, no, no, yeah. I was just, we, when we were watching, I was just telling Mondo, it would have been great to just sort of just have him just walk around New York City. And exactly. Talk, and just go to the places that he's talking about because I feel like it would be more like interesting because yeah. he would really get into those stories. You know what I mean? And he just seems like the type who like, you know, they run into someone he knows on the street, and that's a whole nother thing yeah. that you yeah. explore. So I do love American Boy, but I mean, I just like his his parents so much, and his yeah. mom is such a mainstay in like all those movies. The oh, yeah. uh, you know the one we're going to talk about yeah. a little later, but you know, I just think Italian American. You you that's how you find out who Scorsese is. Like, oh yeah, all in oh, that. Yeah, dude. I was we were that's exactly what we were talking about. We're just watching his mom and his dad. You're like, okay. You know, his dad is where he gets sort of that, um, you know, that that Italian uh, talking about like streets and religion and, and all that stuff and about the code of like, yeah. what's this. But his mom is like the creative, the the kind of wild sort of, I, you know, I'm not going to do what everyone's doing. No, I'm going yeah. to be myself. And it she's, doesn't very, matter. she's very nurturing of him. Like, you yeah. know, it, you can tell that his dad, I don't want to say his dad's like hands off, obviously, because we don't know. But right. But I'm from, sure from watching that, it feels very much so, yeah. Like, it, the mom is really, like, what is driving him to do this. And his dad is probably like, yeah, well, that's... And I don't know, it's like... I feel like there are similarities between Mexicans and Italians. And I feel like that's one, <laughs> yeah, definitely, like... For sure. You oh, know, yeah. my mom's been always... I mean, my par- both my parents are supportive of me. But my mom has always been, like, very vocal about it. And my dad is very... Like, he is one to tell me, you know, like, oh, I'm ha- like I'm proud that you did that. But... I don't know. I just do think that there's still some like some part of him that's like, well, I don't agree with it, but I'm yeah. proud you did it. I guess like, yeah, like that's yeah. not manly work, but you know, <laughs> yeah, like your dad's gonna be like, oh, like stop acting like that on camera. Be yourself. Yeah. Like you know, yeah, get all yeah, mad. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, we're exactly. just like, what? Like she literally is being herself. Yeah. Like what is he getting mad about? She literally wasn't. You know. Yeah. It's it's like a very. You're right. It, do, it that's funny. It does feel very much like Mexican, like a Mexican dad as well. It's very similar. Where you have the mom who's just so kind of lively. She wants to cook for you. She, she wants, wants to, to, yeah, she wants wants to make sure you're comfortable. Of, yeah. She's like kind of telling you stories. She's like <laughs> wants to, oh, you know, like letting you know everything. Whereas like the dad just like, oh, shut up. Like, you know, like <laughs> what are you giving away everything for? Like, yeah. just, you know, just sit here. Because like, there's, there's a part in Italian American where like they sort of bring up the, the gangs and stuff like where they were growing up. And <laughs> isn't his dad a little at first like not wanting to talk about it? And yes. then, yeah. Uh, over time because i think like just i'm sure martin scorsese is just like he knows how to talk to his dad in a way we're like well i can get this out of him like yeah then eventually he starts to divulge stuff and information but yeah because when when the mom is sort of bringing up like the the problems they had with gangs and different things he's sort of like ah like kind of like be quiet and then later on yeah like martin scorsese is sort of sort of like probing him of these things and he's like well you know you know sometimes you know my brother would come home and you know he'd tell me to you know i have to get rid we got rid of this we gotta get rid of that you know? yeah. just like things like that where you're just like oh like oh you've killed people before <laughs> so your brother my uncle's killed people <laughs> yeah it just it, it is one of those things where like yeah it, he he didn't want to like be anything for the cameras he was sort of like 
maybe talking to himself when he's telling the wife. Oh yeah. Like don't like stop acting like that for the cameras. Be be yourself because he was probably just like, oh, I gotta be like. Yeah, something. he could have been like too nervous maybe, and yeah. like telling her that was him telling himself that. Yeah. yeah. Also because just you know again I, I never saw that she wasn't that way, and then they even show at the end of it. Where the camera, where she thinks the camera's off, yeah, she's yeah. even more lively. She's, yeah, it almost seems like she she's aware that, or she feels that the camera's off. So she's like, now I could be myself, and you're like, whoa, <laughs> you weren't <laughs> being yourself. Yeah, that, that's even more so than like, how would he even tell you to calm down? Because exactly, that's yeah. even like, yeah. So that's uh, that is really it, it. Really was a great look at where because you know his mom's great in all all the movies. She's she's the voice in King Kong. Uh, yeah. We're gonna talk about that later, and she's also. Uh, the mom, uh, Joe Pesci's mom. Yeah, and Goodfellas. Goodfellas. Yeah. She's in a bunch of stuff. Yeah. And she, she plays like the, uh, she plays someone at one of the stores, right? In um, in Casino. Casino, yeah. Yes. Also, his dad is in, in the butcher that's shop. That's right, yeah, yeah, in the butcher shop. Yeah. yeah, and so, but that's, she has like the, a natural, and, and you could sort of see why he's able to act when he acts in his movies. Yeah. Because he has her personality. Yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? Like Very he, much so. But I, but that's Joe probably, Pesci has her personality like yeah. like <laughs> like a hundred times ten, you know? Like in the beginning of Italian American where she's talking about is like where he's where they're getting ready to shoot and she's like He's like, well, go do something or do like any. She's like, well, if you ask me a question, I'll answer. Oh, like, you know, yeah, like, she likes like a Joe out. Pesci, like kind of like snap back or like, well, you ask me something, I'll, I'll answer. But, you know, like it's just like, yeah. what do you want me to do? <laughs> no, yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 And his dad feels kind of very Robert De Niro in Goodfellas. Where Definitely. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That's, That's really so it's just funny, like, yeah. yeah, it's so <laughs> weird how he brings all these things like around to his it's like you know from his family it like, yeah. stems from that you know and yeah it, and it keeps yeah. on stemming from that where you just like even when it's like about something that's true good yeah. is about real people yeah, yeah but it he, still relates back to when you can watch these shorts before he even made that yeah. and it's like oh shit like you can see him embedded in that yeah like know? he already 100%. made these movies yeah. and he's just making them again on a bigger bigger, bigger scale yeah with more money yeah. and like yeah you know it's it's insane i it's just one of those things where I'm like, how how is a person born that way? Like, how are they just born able to do that? Yeah, yeah like <laughs> well, you know, even like, when they show his like little kid drawings, like yeah, from, like, the cinematic uh-huh. ones, where he's like, oh, that wasn't, oh, never mind, that wasn't in Italian American, that was in the interview part, right? Where, oh yeah, that's where, in an interview. Yeah, yeah, he's like even making up for the aspect ratios when they changed in the Cinerama, like you know, yeah. like, shit like that. They look like. Fuck, man. That's, <laughs> that's so crazy. I mean, who's saving shit yeah, like that? Yeah, nobody, nobody. You know, my parents would well, throw you made something that, that shit looked, away. If you made something that looked like good, no, they might have saved it. My parents would you know, throw I, that shit away. I'm the person who, like, I throw stuff away. Like, not not necessarily, like, because I think it's bad or anything. It's just, like, I've already done what I needed to do with this, so I don't need it. Like, <laughs> I just throw stuff away. And uh, my parents would probably, my mom would be the one to keep it. And uh, like, I've told her like, throw stuff away. Like, why do you want this? It means nothing. (laughs) But who knows? Maybe she's on to something. And I feel like, well, see, that's what I'm saying. So you have someone who's keeping it. So that that might mean you're going to be famous. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Everyone's throwing my shit away. So I'm going to, a documentary crew comes around, I'm going to be like, I have nothing. I have nothing. (laughs) Not even any home videos. They didn't even take pictures of me. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of pictures of you. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just joking. But, you know, it, it is just crazy to see that somebody is just literally, I mean, I feel like he slipped out of that womb with a with that talent. Mm-hmm. He just came up and he was just like some, you know, talking about being like four years old, going to watch these movies and stuff like that, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and understanding what they were and, and then 
you know, understand that, oh, this was the French New Wave. And this was the, yeah. you know, it's, just, it's just like, Scorsese, are you serious? <laughs> what, it, what the fuck? It, like, watching the shorts, you can just tell that he... Exactly. All he does is, like, consume film. Yeah. And, you know, it. you can... T- I mean, listening to him talk now I, is my favorite thing because, like, that one piece he did about uh uh content i don't know if you saw it i think it was in like vanity fair or something just recently oh, uh-huh. yeah that got people sort of talking again about like his you know everyone wants to i mean he's the man everyone has to talk about what he says all the <laughs> younger people they want to fucking go against him they want to go against him and they want to say like well you know the guy who directed the you know the haunting of whatever is actually yeah. a much better director but yeah they're just like well have you seen the russo brothers yeah. <laughs> have you seen but, those shots but you could just tell that he has so much love and respect for film and like watching the shorts it's like i i don't even know i've known people who've gone to film school and i've seen their films and i'm like these suck you know so like yeah yeah, yeah. he was saying before how like uh if you saw the big shave in a film class you would lose your mind you'd yeah, be like yeah. Why is this guy in this class? Like he's a re- he oh, he knows guy, shit. Yeah, yeah this cheater. Yeah. This guy's yeah. already a fucking director. Yeah, yeah. you would probably like. What's your real name? I'm gonna find your IMDb yeah, page. And it's if just you saw a that. fucking bathroom. You know, like it's so like minimal minimalistic and just like making the use out of every aspect of this restroom and shaving and mm-hmm. like all this stuff and getting a reaction out of people because he's not the guy shaving is giving you no reaction yeah yeah he's he has that same stone cold look on his face throughout the throughout the whole thing and like you said when you watch it you're you keep seeing that action over and over you're just like he's just doing he's just hurting himself (laughs) and like he can't do anything about it i it seems like you know that that's kind of what i got from it is like it's someone who's hurting himself who can't do like he can't stop yeah. he like, can't stop even it, if yeah. he wanted to so yeah. that's why he just he just has to do that and that's yeah that's why it just felt very much like this is like you know this thing about masculinity because it's like you just have to be tough mm-hmm. you got to take these things even if you don't want to you just have to do that because that's what society especially in, in i'm sure the neighborhoods in, and things that yeah. he grew up in, you know it just has that which is like crazy because again why why should i watch something like that and get anything out of it yeah it should just be something like oh well it's really cool because it's shocking and stuff but you can get more out of it than you know than maybe he even intended who knows probably you know but he has that now all those themes even in that are in his shit now yeah fellas all that stuff it's all about that it's about masculinity these guys doing these things to the extreme, to the point to where it's like fucking them up, but they still keep going because yeah. they just can't stop. I mean, the Wolf of Wall Street, it's the yeah. exact same thing. Yeah. He, he can't stop himself from doing drugs and like cheating on his wives <laughs> and trying to get as much money as possible. Yeah, no, for sure. And we need, and I'm hoping, because we need to get everyone to watch these shorts. So yes, do yourself well, a favor and watch these. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So what we usually like to do is kind of give the Criterion films a rating if you want just one through five, you know. Yeah. Or how so, about we just, uh, I don't know, talk, say our favorite out of the We the can bunch. do that. That or, works. Or, I don't, you know, just to. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, fine. Yeah. But but I just, well, I'm going to give my, my shit a rating, but okay. I'll, I'll start. All right? all right. So I think all the Scorsese shorts in as a package, it, you know, I, I'm just saying if you're going to sit, if you're going to buy it. You know, I'm talking about like buying it as from the Criterion collection mm-hmm. or watching it on the channel. Mm-hmm. It is literally a five star thing because not only does it show you all the Scorsese shit from before, but it literally 
I, I don't know. It's just worth watching. They're just like not, they're not boring. They're not, you know, it, it's never like a beginner's thing. Mm-hmm. You're just, again, we're just like, oh, he's, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, it never felt like amateur yeah. at all. Yeah, no, no definitely not. not. Yeah, so I would give it a five. But my favorite one um, would probably have to be The Big Shave. That's mm-hmm. probably my favorite one out of all of them. It's the shortest. And it, I, I feel like it says the most to me, mm-hmm. even though they all say something and they're all great. But yeah, I would say that. So you should watch all of them, obviously. But I would say the big shave. You know, Matt. Yeah. What? What? Let's uh, give a star rating just for. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. People want to know. We got to keep one. up the tradition. I'm yeah. down with that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, star rating. I gotta agree. It's a five. I mean, just for everything you said, you you're seeing his career essentially in like these five shorts and. I'm sure there are going to be people, be people listening who are like, no, you don't. Like, that's impossible because he has so many. And it's like, no, you see no, everything. You see a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy how it's insane how yeah. much you see. In- uh, and I, I'm going to go with Italian American. I just think, okay. yeah. you know, uh, to keep in line with something he preaches, the most personal is the most creative. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the most personal, I'm sure, of all those movies. And absolutely. Oh, it's yeah, yeah. so fun to watch, too. I think just seeing his parents interact, too. You really, I don't know. I like knowing where people come from and how they became who they are, like their personality traits. And you see that in there. It's also very Cassavetes. Oh. It was very Cassavetes. Absolutely. And yeah. I mean, the amount of influence Cassavetes had on his career. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, it's it's there in, in that movie, yeah. For sure, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mondo. Awesome. Uh, my favorite was uh, What's a Nice Girl Like You doing in nice. a place like this? Just because, I don't Which know. Which is one everyone should see. Because I feel like that's the one that's most a little off because it's like more after hours. Yeah, right? it's, it's a little more, like more comedy. offbeat that and comedy. Little, and that one's like, a little more like stylish, I think. Yeah. He's, he's doing things that... Uh, sorry to cut you off, but no, like yeah, he, he's him. doing some stuff in that one that like I feel like you don't see him really do too much in his yeah. big movies. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, like the, the drawings and the different things mm-hmm. that he does. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I just like the story of this one and like what's that other guy? I don't even know if they really name him, but it's like kind of a subconscious. With the sunglasses yeah, the, who like, yeah. t- he's the one where, talking to him, right? Yeah, yeah, where he's talking to me, he's like, and he just repeats the same thing that yeah. he says. He's like, I really think she's a nice girl. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know? But that really felt like uh, just how like in Goodfellas when they're going through and introducing all the characters and they all have this like quirky kind of thing to say and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And that felt like that kind of to me, but I just, I don't know, it was just really funny. A little bit of like the fun. seed of that being planted. Yeah, yeah. definitely. But also, we didn't mention the crazy thing about American Boy, the, that one story. The that, kid who gets... No, who... The Pulp Fiction oh, thing yeah. that we... Oh, yeah. I guess we should talk about that, like, right? Just real I mean, quick. That's... It's yeah, because like, American Boy was kind of hard to see right before. I think before this came out, yeah, it wasn't it, sort of widely available, right? No, not at all. Yeah, so, th- there was no way to really see it at all unless so, you saw it when it came out. Yeah, you know, and obviously Quentin and is a cinephile and is going to see some shit. You know, he's going to find it somehow or anything. So he pretty much lifted a story that Stephen Prince tells in American Boy, and if you've seen Pulp Fiction, you'll know exactly what scene we're talking about which is the heroin scene where they revive um what's her name uma thurman, uma thurman, thurman with yeah. the adrenaline shot and pretty much stephen prince almost like he almost no, like uh, not almost verbatim verbatim <laughs> yeah i was getting to that word verbatim where he, verbatim he says that story you know yeah, even and with it, the magic marker yeah everything. it's so fucking weird it's just when you we were watching Quentin it in the corner writing it down yeah. <laughs> he's in the corner of that shot <laughs> 
Quentin was, is a yeah. quantum leap guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's just jumping around. Yeah. Yeah. He sounded like he was an Italian American interviewing the parents. <laughs> like it sounded like his voice. I was like, that's not Scorsese. Like you know, but yeah, that was crazy. But yeah, I, I mean. Which, which, again, I mean, because let, let me just kind of, I don't know, I want to mention this when yeah. we were watching it, you were kind of getting upset about that. I wasn't you were upset. Sort of, no, it was no. a little, yeah, I guess You were a little, a little bit, sort yeah. of like upset, but then I mentioned how, you know, for me, it was sort of like, well, you know, at the time, no one had He's seen like, that. He's like, uh, so Quinn's waving, has been waving his dick around a long well, time, you know, it, it, which, which is, was just like, I seen American Boy. Have yeah, you seen fucking American Boy? I mean, Boy? that's pretty much. <laughs> well, now I have, Quinn. Where are you at? <laughs> Literally, no one in the '90s, at when Pulp Fiction came out, had probably seen had, American yeah. Boy. Yeah. So for him to just take that, like everyone thought that was Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, that he so, thought of that. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I, I thought it was Roger Avery, honestly. Uh, <laughs> and you know what's so funny is that, like, I'm sure there uh, there are probably people listening to this who don't know that that's the case. That oh yeah, absolutely. That, that's not. from yeah. uh, Italian or American Boy, but like. Yeah. To think that, I mean, we know like directors lift stuff from other directors yeah, all the time, definitely. but to think Quentin f- took a story from a Scorsese documentary from the 70s <laughs> to use it in his movie is like, that's like real film shit. Like, yeah, no, it is. Like yeah, that, it is. Especially at that time. At that time, yeah. Like there was said, no way for him to just watch that. He couldn't have gone yeah. to YouTube and been like, or even a search engine, even Google. He couldn't mm-hmm. be like, what's this Martin Scorsese short yeah. I gotta watch? Like, yeah, he, he just knew he was about digging it already. Deep. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's why it honestly makes me respect him more, if anything. It doesn't mm-hmm. make me feel like he stole something. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel like, oh, like he really like. It's him showing off. Of course, yeah, of, course, yeah. of course, I'll go with that. You know, like yeah, fine. I guess yeah. Mondo just wishes he saw American Boy first before Quentin. <laughs> yeah. That's what it's not even like yeah. the story. It's just you wanted to see the yeah. movie before him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah you fine. wanted to steal before Quentin did. <laughs> yeah. Well, guess what? He's yeah. the best stealer. Uh, yeah. There's no similar. Tarantino movies in the collection, huh? Uh, Pulp Fiction was a laser, laser disc. disc, yes. Really? And yeah. they never re-released it as no, a DVD or anything? Probably because, I mean, Miramax and everyone oh, owns it yeah. probably just won't let them yeah. like get it. Got it. But it'd be nice to see that, mm-hmm. for sure. I'm just kind of shocked that none of his movies are yeah, in there. Same here. I am really shocked. There should be something. I feel like, too, though, he's just so popular that like all of his movies are kind of so... like Yeah, because they're, they're I, always going to get like special editions and stuff. Yeah, because, I don't know, I mean, to me, not... I mean, there's stuff in the Criterion Collection that's, like, obviously well-known for film people, but I also feel like they choose stuff that's, like, not under the radar, but maybe, like, a director's not lesser known. I don't know. Yeah. I don't Usually know what I'm trying to first. Like you they, know what I'm trying to say, do right? Like four rooms or something, and call, yeah, you know, like, or maybe True Romance, and just say that's a Quentin Tarantino movie. I know mean, I wouldn't mind a True Romance criteria. I wouldn't mind really. it at all. Honestly. It's a great movie, but that's not what you brought. I I did you, not bring a Tarantino movie. So it's a Scorsese movie. We're doing a double feature. We're gonna we're we're done with the shorts. We're taking off the shorts. We're putting on our pants. We're putting on our, our, our... Our big boy pants. Wait, wait. wait you brought... Um, uh, polyester slacks. No, you brought Todd Phillips' Joker, right? <laughs> I love Joker. <laughs> no, Martin Scorsese's The King of Comedy. The King of Comedy. That's the next one we're going to be talking about, and that's what you brought to bring into the Criterion Collection. Yes, I would like to, to see this in the closet. Hell yeah. Yeah. So Matt is bringing The King of Comedy to the Criterion Collection, another Scorsese film. So obviously it was directed by him. From 1982, stars Robert De Niro as Rupert Pumpkin, Jerry Lewis, the great Jerry Lewis, as Jerry Langford, uh, Diane Abbott as Rita, and the great Sandra Bernhard 
as Masha, 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 right? That's yeah. how they say it. I could never really hear it at first. I thought they were saying Marsha. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Yeah. So well, and and then also the Clash as a bunch of street punks. <laughs> there was a scene where Joe yeah. Strummer and them were. Yeah, but I just wanted to mention that anyway. So. Basically, what the King comedy is about is Rupert Pumpkin is a passionate yet unsuccessful comic who craves nothing more than to be in the spotlight. And to achieve this, he stalks and kidnaps his idol to take the spotlight for himself. So this is your pick, Matt. This is what you're bringing to the collection. And I just wanted to ask you, first and foremost, um, how does this rank in your Scorsese um, kind of, not that you need to really kind of like pinpoint a top five, but uh-huh. does it, is it like up there? Is it down there? Because I feel like a lot of people, when you know, when they think of Scorsese, they're going with Raging Bull, uh, Taxi, Taxi Driver. Driver. Goodfellas. Casino. Goodfellas, yeah. yes. And they sort of think of... Kundun. <laughs> people are always talking <laughs> Number about Number one, Kundun. Yes. Yes. The they, Age of Innocence. They're uh, always talking about Every Italian-American is like, Scorsese, Kundun. <laughs> Give me Kundun. <laughs> yeah. No, but I think like when people think of the big... Uh, De Niro, Scorsese, three. They're yes. like Goodfellas, yeah. Raging Bull, and um, Taxi Driver. Taxi Driver. Yeah. So yeah. So I'm just kind of wondering. You know, you're bringing this to the collection, but where does it fall for you in terms of you know Scorsese and his filmography? Yeah. So I mean, him being my favorite director, it makes it like a little difficult because I feel like every so often I'll think about a movie and I'll think like, oh, I love that movie. You know, I mean, like I said, Shutter Island. Sometimes I'm like, man, I love Shutter Island. Like I can watch it anytime. But and then, and then look, I hope Scorsese is listening to this because that's a true fan right there. Hey, <laughs> not a lot of Marty. People are, Marty, let me tell you, not a lot of people are admitting that. A lot of people won't say they like Shutter Island. Hey, I'll then, take it, was, it to the table. It was a big deal when it came out, though. Yeah. right? like it was a it huge was, like yeah. thing, and then it kind of just and went to the wayside. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So this the one, silence came out. <laughs> that's another great. I mean. That's a beautiful movie. I just think it's good. Yeah, I, I did enjoy it. It wasn't something that I could like grasp onto the store and really follow the whole way through, but Got I love okay. everything he did with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, he yeah, knows yeah, what yeah, the yeah. fuck he's doing with stories um, like that. Yeah, for oh yeah, he knows. I mean, it's about religion, so he's gonna knock it out of the park. Um, so the King of Comedy, though, I would say is probably it is in my top five of Scorsese movies all time. Okay. Um, and I think like even after this watch and after like reading more about how this movie came to like get made it, that to me sort of adds to it's like placement. So, I mean, I don't know. I'd probably say this is like a solid number two or number three in the okay. top five for me. All right. Yeah. Nice. All right. Cause I, I would just say for myself, I'm glad you brought this because it is probably, and me saying that it's my favorite Scorsese film is not saying that it's his best. Uh huh. You know, I, I would I would never say that, as much as I really enjoy this film because mm-hmm. right off the bat, let's just say, you know, we we talked about you know Scorsese being a a, a music drop kind of guy. Here yeah. he doesn't do that, and there's chances that he could. You know, it's a lot of kind of the piano score. It, it's never there's um, like a older like old songs old like kind yeah. of 50s sort of showtimey songs yes. not even necessarily like current like uh contemporary music right anymore. it's more so keeping with that kind of uh like catskill stand-up kind of like yeah. tonight show vibe mm-hmm. kind of thing and so even though it still has you know a, a bit of a dark vibe and i feel like that's one of the things that maybe people might look at it and not 
uh, take it seriously for because mm-hmm. there isn't some sort of like uh, foreboding score or this kind of like dark score that lets you know, oh, this is a dark movie. Uh, it still has that kind of upbeat kind of score. Every time like something really serious <laughs> happens, it just like this piano is like, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And even like, not only like the score could add to that effect, but even the mood, like the way it looks, the mood of the movie, it's not dark. Right. It's not like brooding. I mean, the parts where you're in sort of like darkness is when Masha has uh, Jerry tied up and it's like all the candles in the penthouse. Yeah. But that's not, that scene is like not even, I don't know, watching it, you don't get the vibe that like he really is in danger. You know, Masha's sort of like, she could do anything. She could sort of like go at any moment, like, and do something you'd never expect. But the way that it comes off, you're just sort of like, what is Jerry gonna like to me watching it? It's like, what's Jerry gonna do? Yeah, you know, but, you're not really. Or, cons- or how is he gonna get himself out of that? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, but not even in like because I think Jerry Lewis gives a uh, almost as terrifying performance as De Niro in like in this and in Taxi Driver and in Raging Bull. Well, and well, the thing is that Jerry Lewis really is pissed. He probably <laughs> is mad. Well, yeah, that's the thing is like he, he probably was. Yeah. upset during yeah. this movie so. i think i think that's like a real in that scene um where he is uh his uh butler is trying to open the door for him when robert and he really couldn't open open the yeah. door and that's really jerry lewis being mad yeah when he's like i'm standing out there for eight minutes what the hell are you doing <laughs> i think he's really i, I i'm pretty sure i saw something where it says that, that he was really mad yeah and that they really I couldn't saw, get the door open. i saw yeah. that it was just improvised or whatever okay uh, you know like he wasn't really mad he was just going with it like that whole kind of scene or god whatever. damn it mondo I'm jerry sorry. lewis is a monster i'm trying no to, I'm trying i do to think that. i think i do think jerry lewis is a monster i think jerry lewis is playing the real jerry lewis in, yeah, this in film, a lot of know? those scenes like there, and watching this again i didn't i didn't think of it as dark as it i thought it as as I saw it the first time, you know? Well, it was I a little mean, lighter. Than, I mean... Well, I, I just mean dark in terms of, like, you know, it's about, like, mental health. It's about people yeah. who are, you know, in terms of Rupert Pumpkin... And, not and celebrity insane. worship, you yes. know? Yeah. Like, a lot of... Uh, sorry to cut you off, but, like... No, no, go for it. There's a lot in this movie that's almost ahead of its time. Like, he, he like... That's what I was thinking, too. Like, yeah. just about the whole, like, kind of even stand-up thing, you know, where it was, like, just this thing blowing up. And why yeah. would this guy think he would be, a, like, I don't know. That was just, yeah. Like, maybe a few years later, later in the 80s, it might have been a bigger hit. But, yeah. Sorry yeah, no. But, you know, the celebrity worship thing, like, how he, uh, Rupert says he loves Jerry and, like, he worships Jerry. But, like, he wants to be the main guy like he doesn't want to be friends with jerry like those flashbacks which i think are some of my favorite things oh yeah that de niro's ever done because yes de niro working with jerry lewis (sighs) in those scenes is great (laughs) like that's like a great like dean martin like oh yeah but like been great to see more movies with them together yeah Yeah. but like the those scenes where he like the fantasy of him hanging out with jerry isn't that they're buds like having fun and like working on stuff together the fantasy is it's like he needs him jerry's yeah. begging and yeah. pleading like you got to take over I the can't show do six weeks. Yeah. don't ask me six weeks i can't even plan out my life for six weeks I, how are you where are you guys at on de niro as an actor well he's obviously look i i mean when i saw raging bull when mm-hmm. i was younger it, it made me love martin scorsese and de niro because i seriously didn't know that i didn't i thought it was real okay i didn't know de niro was an actor but even mm-hmm. though i saw him in other stuff I saw him in Goodfellas before that, 
But then I was like, oh, he's not an actor. Uh, Scorsese just found some dude on the street, you know? <laughs> to, yeah. It just felt very real. So mm. when I when I watch uh, King of Comedy, it literally feels to me like more of a better performance than Taxi Driver and Raging Bull. Even though those are, those are fucking great performances. Mm-hmm. Those are really physical and just, you know, these very intense performances. But this one, it, it really just feels like like a, like a guy like that like a yeah. crazy sort of guy who lives in his mom's basement who's just like you know he does those things where you know he pretends that he you know he's telling people that he knows these people and you know he, he i guess he delivers stuff to these certain agencies right yeah and he goes to this film place and he has to use the phone so he calls oh can i speak to jerry langford yeah and she's like oh is the jerry langford and he like hangs the phone and he's just like see you later like yeah. he gives that little like kind of coy <laughs> kind of thing but where you know, like, that's just really, like, that's like a sociopath. Because, you know, if, if he was just sort of regular crazy, he would have bragged about it. And be like, yeah. yeah. You know, he would have been like, oh, yes, I am talking to Jerry Langford. I, I'm going to call him, blah, blah, blah. And he does it in this really slick way to try to, you know, like, not say it to you, but say it to you. And that's like a sociopath. Well, like, he wants, he wants, like, I think he wants the attention. So he wants to plant that little, like seed of like oh and then it draws you to him so you know it's one of those things where like i feel like we've all have known a person who says like you know i'm friends with so-and-so and and like we hang out all the time and we go do these things but oh yeah you know that you can kind of tell that they're full of shit where yeah he it almost seems like he like is aware that people would see through that so he like does it very subtly to where like oh well maybe he does know jerry langford like if he's calling him like on his line directly or yeah, something. Yeah, he, you like, know? convinces you that he knows him, like, just like how with Rita, you know, where they just go to, the, they show, show up at his, like, uh, I don't know, his house or whatever. Oh, yeah. And that that was really, that was such, that's, that's such a weird scene where he just, like, is so, like, he can't even, he's not even listening to Jerry. He's just like, oh, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Like, he's like, do you speak English? Like, Yeah. <laughs> and then the, the moment where he goes, like, where is everybody? Yeah. And it's, like... I, he just delivers it so yeah. well that you're like, God, this guy's yeah. sick. Yeah, like he's, he's truly sick. Yeah. yeah, he's out of his mind, and mm-hmm. and that's uh, you know, I mean, just sort of to like kind of go back to that character and how well Robert De Niro is that mm-hmm. because there is sort of, and I guess I'll not really put myself in that category, but I'm sure you know. I mean, you hosted an open mic. You know that there's people like myself who think that they can go up there and say jokes. <laughs> and, and that there's like that idea of just because, you know, that they sit somewhere forever and they maybe just say jokes into a mirror. That mm-hmm. they might be able to just like make it. And because no one laughs, oh, well, it's not my fault. It's like their problem. Yeah. You know what so I mean? The, uh, we had talked about this before we were recording, but obviously I used to do stand up and... I saw this movie. I originally saw this movie like when I before I did stand up. So it, it was like I don't know if you guys had this period, but I had it like kind of late, like eighteen, nineteen, where that was when I like got into movies. So oh, I yeah. was just trying uh-huh. to watch at like as much as I could, or at least stuff like this, where yes. it was just more so. Because I mean, this is not a popular Scorsese movie, no, so you no, kind of no, have no. to like dig for this. You have to dig for mm-hmm. it, especially and- back in that time. There, it wasn't just available anywhere. Yeah, yeah. And I, I want to say I, I must have seen already by this point the big three you know taxi driver right. goodfellas raging bull and was yeah. like well what else did they do you know so anyway then when i got in a stand-up this movie like popped back in my mind because i just came across so many 
comedians. They're all male. They're all men. Like, let's be honest. They're all men. Uh, who we comics would refer to, uh, like comics I hung out with would say it was laugh ears, where like they only hear laughter no matter what. Even they could be bombing like for ten minutes straight, and all they uh-huh. hear is laughter. So like I've dealt with people pretty similar to Rupert Pumpkin in my life. Where, like, yeah, that's. I mean, that's one of the things I want to ask you about yeah. because again. You know, I did your open mics. Uh huh. You know, so it's like one of those things where, like, you know, you have, you know, these people, delusional people like myself, yeah. who think they need to just go do this. You're not, you're not delusional though, because you. No, I no no. You I'm stopped just, like. Yeah, I kind of knew. I just sort of knew that it wasn't for me. That I. Just how do I, either. Mondo? How do I say this in the nicest way? You just knew saying. that it wasn't working out, yeah. so you stopped. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that's the whole point, man. You got to pass that threshold. You, right. yeah. you got to keep and, it going. You and know? you know, there and, there are people who like Rupert Pumpkin who don't ever get it. And yeah. thankfully, you know, I've never known of anyone to take someone hostage to get <laughs> yeah. stage time. But there are definitely people well, that I. Just... <laughs> Uh, there came were def- to the right place. Man. Yeah, <laughs> there are definitely people that I like came across where I was like, I fear that one day they'll show up with a gun. Like <laughs> truly, one hundred percent. That's fucking so. scary. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty wild. Especially because you know, again, um, I don't, I don't know if you know Rupert Pumpkin is necessarily a bad comedian. Uh huh. You know, because he does that thing at the end where the jokes are fine. You know, I guess. I mean, and, he and, has the timing down. Yeah. So, but I mean, I don't really know, right? So, what, what do you think about this, right? Not to jump well, straight is to it, the ending. Is it, is it in his head yeah, or reality is he really is getting those oh, laughs? Oh, that, that yeah. set you're talking about. Yeah. Right. At, towards the end where she's watching the TV or he's showing her the TV. Well, yeah. And that, and is that he goes, getting those laughs or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Or is he not? You know what I mean? Because nobody else is really reacting to it in the bar. Yeah. And that whole, that whole scene, you only see him performing the jokes. It, yeah. I don't think it ever cuts to an audience, right? No, it doesn't. No. It it's just the one shot, yeah. which, like, that's just, you know, how great Scorsese is. Because, I mean, uh, I don't know. I feel like now directors go in with, like, I want to have people questioning whether this is real or not. And I feel like Scorsese was like, yeah, I want them to question it. But I also want them to not really have to worry too much about it. For and sure. Not, we're not it to be a, yeah, like a... The a, only reason, the you're, main watch, reason. Yeah, yes. that you're watching this movie. Like, we, there shouldn't be, like, that twist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas, like, now I think that's why movies get released or made. Or, like, yeah. that's, like, the main marketing around a movie is, like, you'll never guess what happens yeah. in this film. But, you know, that's just with how, like, that shot of him performing the jokes. I mean, I found myself laughing. And I wonder if that's yeah. just sort of like part of Scorsese's like ability to subvert your expect or like yeah subvert like how you're watching the movie into where like you like I felt like oh I'm watching a comedian on a show. Well, that it very much is that yeah. because it literally is subverting your expectations because the whole time you're thinking he's going to be bad. Yes, exactly. There's just yeah. no way that he's. But yeah, you're in kind of enjoying the jokes that he's saying. They're not like the best jokes ever, no. but they're not like the worst. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. He has like a pretty pretty funny jokes, and then Robert De Niro is like doing a pretty good job of like delivering yeah. those. So I was yeah I was gonna ask you. So if Robert De Niro showed up to an, to the open mic, and he was doing that set, <laughs> would you would would what would you say? Would, would you be like, all right, you're in, you're out? You know, I no. If he showed up to my open mic, yeah, yeah. I would definitely like let him perform once, and then do everything I could to not, make sure he didn't perform again. <laughs> Not not because of the jokes being bad, but because like 
there definitely would have been someone who would be like, he's super weird. Like, you gotta get this guy away from for us. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, for sure. Because he but, is. He's very weird in this yeah. movie. And it's like that, again, it's like you said, it's like that culture of these people who just, they worship, but he they don't even really worship these people. They just want to, like, one-up these people. They, well, wanna, well, like, they, they want the worship, kind yeah. of, almost, you know? Well, uh, Robert Daniel's character, just because every time he's, like, fantasizing about uh, talking to Jerry Lewis and taking out like he's begging him like I'll take you out to lunch whenever you're hungry and then they do the lunch thing after like you know in his head and he's like yeah. he's like he's just coming Jerry's just coming to uh, Robert Pumpkin's character or whatever you know and just begging him to do the show and stuff like yeah. that yeah like, and then they like people come to uh, Robert De Niro for autographs for autographs and that, <laughs> yeah. they don't even acknowledge Jerry they're like <laughs> well and that's another thing too because you see, the the opening of this movie I think is really great and we haven't like talked about it but it's I think one of my favorite openings of a movie ever. It is my favorite uh, title sequence. Oh, yeah, with when when Sandra Bernhardt's hands go on the window and you see him looking, it pauses and then the King comedy like for a while it takes a pretty good, a good while long time yeah. for it to like like lower down. Mm-hmm. That's like one of my favorite Scorsese things because I don't know what it means. I don't know exactly what he's trying to say, but I know it makes me feel like what that movie is. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One hundred. I yeah. was just gonna say, oh, like not in those words, but yeah, I don't know what it means that he did it that way. Um, I also just don't think like I don't know. It's just so different for a movie opening that yeah. uh, up until that point, I think that he's done at that time. But for sure, the, when when uh, Rupert's walking through that crowd uh, outside the studio, mm-hmm. and you know they're the other sort of like autograph people hanging out with him and they're talking about like rupert i got so and so who'd you get and he's like brushing them off like he's already giving off the vibe that like i'm not don't i, I don't have the time for this you or know doesn't then, he say like it's not my whole life it's, it's not, not my, my whole life, life. Yeah. you know and then like yeah the fact that he he already sees himself not as a crazy i hate i i don't Mean for lack this. of a better term. No, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. For lack of yeah. a better term, yeah. like that's crazy. He doesn't yeah. see himself as that crazy person. He uh-huh. sees himself as Jerry already. Right. Yeah. So, like, you see that in the first few moments of the movie, but you don't even realize it until the fantasy scenes where it's like, oh no, he's been seeing himself this way the entire time. Right. Like you he's know? above. He, he's he, above. Exactly. He thinks he should be walking out. Of he the thinks thing they should Jared. be asking for his autograph. Yeah. You know, and he's not the nerd. No, he's no. not yeah. the nerd. Yeah. And then like, but then we see how he is with Masha and he is the nerd. Like he is the desperate psychotic guy who sneaks in or not sneaks in, but goes into the office and waits in the lobby all day. Yeah. And like, and let's uh, let's talk about that really quick about how, I mean, I feel like that's kind of something that doesn't really happen in Scorsese films with uh, Sandra Bernhardt, like that sort of comic improvisation. He has comedic stuff in his films, <laughs> but it never felt like he it really like her scenes feel like she's just not following the script. She's just like doing whatever. Like yeah. she's just sort of saying whatever. She's acting how she is. And, and, like, it really works because she's fucking hilarious in this movie. Yeah. Oh, and her performance is incredible. I <laughs> yeah. mean, throughout the entire movie, it's... Uh, I don't know if you watched the... Um, or if you've seen, like, the making of little thing yeah. with it. Where uh-huh. she kind of talks about how, like, she's never really gotten a role, bef- like, since this movie that's like it. Mm-hmm. And she credits Scorsese being, like, willing to let her do what she kind of wanted in a way with right. the performance. And yeah, we didn't really talk about this, but... I think, like, I, or I know, like, not too many people consider Scorsese, like, 
that his movies would have improvisation in them. Right. Yeah, but exactly. Watching interviews and stuff and like watching behind the scenes stuff, a lot of actors are like, no, he kind of lets you, he works with you on like what you're going to do. And he lets you kind of play around. And if it's really good, he then works it into the script. Yeah. Like in Goodfellas, the, the story between Tommy and uh, Henry at the nightclub, the uh, what what's so funny about me story. Oh, right. You know how right, like, right. Pesci talked about it and he's like, oh, okay, like I'll yeah. use that. And it seems like I'm sure Sandra Bernhard was coming up with stuff and he was like, oh, okay, yeah, like let's use it. And uh, I don't know if you saw, like, he let Jerry direct the pu- like the public interaction with the woman who tells him, I hope you should get cancer or something. Yeah, oh, that was a real thing that happened. Yeah, that was right? a real thing that happened to Jerry Lewis and like Scorsese let him, supposedly Scorsese let him direct. Maybe Jerry, Lee Lew- or Jerry Lewis was like, no, I'm going to direct it. <laughs> yeah, no, he stood over Scorsese and he was like, you know, fucking, he's a hello, nice lady. But yeah. <laughs> Flavin. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's wild to think that, like, you know, his movies seem so well thought out ahead of time, but to find out that he's actually on set working it out with people and then after the fact, like, okay, I'll make the script look like we did that ahead of time. Yeah, yeah because it's it sort of, uh, especially watching the King comedy, it makes sense why he would have kind of the cast that he does in The Wolf of Wall Street. Those sort of oh, yeah. comedic the, the kind the of comedic people. Yeah, like... Um, Jonah Hill. It? Yeah, Henry Zabrowski. Oh, Henry Zabrowski. Um, yeah, he has... Um, what is that other guy? Uh, he has, like, the toupee... Um, he's like in a bunch of comedic stuff, but yeah, he, he was in a, horrible bosses. Yes, he has like a. <laughs> I, I'm gonna bring that movie uh, if I come back. I'm gonna bring horrible bosses to the Criterion. Well, one or two. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, this is sort. I mean, this is like really. Uh, this is this could be a horrible boss, you know, because Jerry, you know, Jerry Lewis is a fucking. It's like you said, Mono. He is playing himself. And so I, look, this is the real Jerry Lewis. Well, He's not a like, funny guy. Yeah, like, I, I don't like, want to hang out with him. Yeah, he no, takes really. himself way too seriously. And I, I didn't just... want to use it. I, I, I was kind of happy that you brought this up because I want to use it as a hit piece on Jerry Lewis. <laughs> Jerry, we got to like, take him down. Because, you know, he just seems like a grumpy-ass fuck. Yeah. And, and he, that's why he's so good in this, I feel like. When he's yelling at Robert De Niro, being like, has anyone ever told you you're a moron? Yeah. That you're an asshole? He's like, get yeah. out of here. Like, you know, it just feels so genuine it, it really feels like he's disturbed that he's oh, yeah. just like please yeah. leave me the fuck alone and, like, and what just the, hell? the looks he gives with his eyes you know yeah. like that sort of like stare down that he gives him and you know i think that when he's yelling at him in the in the house uh any other actor i think would have gone way too big with that yeah, yes that's right and yeah. he was so good to know like no like i can't go over the top because you know I, I also feel like that's just two people working off each other. Like, De Niro and him knowing, like, De Niro played it super straight, and he even acted like there was a real party that was going to happen. Like, Rupert believed the fantasy so much, and De Niro, it seemed like, believed it so much. And Jerry Lewis, like, I want to call him Jerry Lee Lewis, but I know he's not the, <laughs> he's not the rockabilly guy who... I kind of want to do that, Great balls of fire, yeah. Who married his 13-year-old... Yeah, he uh, married cousin. a 13-year-old Winona Ryder, <laughs> Dennis Quaid. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it, it, it's just in, how good that Jerry... How good Jerry Lewis is in this entire movie, and... The fact that he's so good almost makes me mad because I know for sure that he's a piece of shit in yeah. real life. <laughs> well, you know, and that's one of the things about this film that I love so much is that, 
you know, a lot of people, again, as we talked about, they'll they'll look at the performances in other Scorsese films, and because they're more intense and more sort of just, you know, out there, people are like, oh, that's like a great performance. But I think Robert De Niro and Jerry Lu- Jerry Jerry Lee Lewis Jerry Lewis do a like really subdued performances, but it makes sense for what the story's telling. Yeah, like, like you said, if they would have both been more exaggerated, more it wouldn't have worked. It would have sort of made the movie not believable. And so them being that way, it's crazy to me that, you know, that nobody took, uh, you know, no one was like, oh, shit, like, you know, Jerry Lewis is probably going to die pretty soon. Maybe we should just give him an Oscar nomination for this. Because, again, not to say he's the greatest here, but there really does feel it's one of those things where you're just like, like that Michael Keaton Birdman thing where it feels very real. And you're just like, it feels like he's sort of playing himself and he he knows he, what this yeah. is like, you know, he, he knows that this is sort of like. A, like a not a satire of himself but almost like a tongue-in-cheek yes. kind of like yeah and, and he and he feels that and, and again like because you see him in those scenes in the fantasy scenes where he's just so funny and just kind of on with robert de niro and then you see him in the scenes where he's just in real life where he's just like fuck i don't want to deal with anybody yeah like god damn it put put this person on the phone god damn. you know he's just very <laughs> just i'm just so tired of everybody <laughs> Like, you know, when he says that thing where he's just like, you know, you think you could just come up here and just do it. Like, no, it takes practice. It takes work and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I wish someone told Jimmy Fallon that. That's a whole other other thing. That's really weird about uh, Jerry Lewis's character, too, because it doesn't seem like he does want to be bothered, right? From what we're talking about, like, he's just a grumpy old, like, you know, uh, late night host and is worked too much and really spends his time alone. Yeah, he's Johnny Carson for the most part. Yeah, but... David Letterman. But... There's this thing about him where he does want to kind of be bothered because he just walk like how he takes those how he walks, walks in the street walks yeah. in the street during the day. So it's like he can't not be around people, you know. Sometimes just because he's so used to it, maybe. And and then when he is alone, he's al- like you know alone at his house and stuff. So and then like how when they go into his house, it's like oh, there's only a table setting for one, you know, and stuff like that. But he, I don't know, he's still just like in his head needs that like gratification or like something you know for people to notice him and stuff like that or for sure you know I, yeah and so I, it's kind of that weird i don't know it's like a weird you know psyche thing that he has yeah going, you know, i don't know yeah. yeah i got from in on now that you bring that up i'm thinking like much like how um rupert wants people in the beginning he wants to be noticed by those other autograph seekers and stuff or he wants them to at least like think of him on the same level as jerry or those other people right uh i think like yeah definitely subconsciously as a performer speaking from experience like when you're you know this may sound like very disgusting but like when you like have a good set you want people to like come up after and say mm-hmm. like wow that was so yeah, funny you're waiting you're, like, for like someone you're waiting to be for like... it and like you don't want to like go up to people and say like how was it but <laughs> yeah. you wish you hope that they say that because you worked really hard on it and I don't think that Jerry Langford is the type of guy who, like, I work hard on the show and I want people to say hi. Yeah. I think he is just, like, that character is at a level where, like, he can't even get through the day without getting people to, like, notice him, I think. Yeah, like, yeah. when he first walks out and he's t- and the cab driver notices him and he's kind of, like, you know... Walking back along and with forth. him, yeah. Yeah, and they're just, he's giving that banter, you know. He just he just wants to be that, like, he's snappy and, like, you know, just giving him, like, oh, we could have had you on last night or whatever, you know. Like he's just like yeah, he like wants that interaction like the and the construction yeah, workers yeah. like he just like he needs it like it's just like well it, and, the, and we brought it up earlier but the one woman on the phone 
who yeah. says, I should hope you only get cancer. <laughs> like, in the beginning, she's like, oh my god, Jerry. Yeah, yeah. And he stops for her. But mm-hmm. then when she makes the request of, like... Yeah, he's not. My... He's only giving as much as he wants to give. Exactly, yeah. yeah. He's not trying to, like... He just needs them. Like, he's, like, feeding off their energy. Yeah. He's not trying to give them energy, Which you know? Which seems like, like textbook famous person behavior. Yeah, where... exactly, yeah. <laughs> but also, if, if you're at that, like, point... And so, like, basically, right, he's, he's, in, he's like, doing a Tonight he's Show. He's an emotional vampire. So, so like, yes. people, you know, people, are, <laughs> like, people are probably at this point writing his jokes, yeah. right? Yeah. So, him on the street doing that, he's, like, like being the one saying the jokes yeah, and being yeah. snappy. And that, like, I feel like that's, it's, like, kind of this weird, like, back to his roots thing. Yeah, sort of, it's like, very much so, like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Like, yeah. trying to just be, like, well, you know, I when still these people it, interact you know? with me, I can still just be, like, ha-ha. Yeah. And, they, and they, you know, and I don't have these writers to tell me mm. the monologue and yeah. stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, Whereas, like, sure. a lot of people wouldn't do that, you know? Mm. Like, in real life. Like, yeah. a Johnny Carson or someone, they're not going to want to walk down the street and fucking yeah, deal with anybody. Oh, well, I think it's, like, famous that the talk show hosts, after the fact, like, just hide in their mansions now. Yeah. Like, I mean... Jimmy Fallon, you fucking piece of shit. I would say of, of of the current uh, late night host, the only one who probably wouldn't if they were able to would be Conan. Because like, right? I feel like Conan was the type of late night host that people would say like, I saw him walking around the Grove, or I saw him yes. at a restaurant, and like, you know. But I mean, Johnny Carson, I think, was famously a recluse after he retired, yeah. right? So yeah, for sure. Uh, only, and only it's Wolfgang that, Puck saw him after. And him. David Letterman too, right, David? <laughs> yeah, David Letterman, like, he refuses. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't want to talk to anybody. Like, Yeah, anything, unless it's yeah. for Netflix. Oh, but he wants to right. talk to people? Fuck you. <laughs> Just kidding. But, Wait, uh... Who, Jay Leno? No, David oh. Letterman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But... Well, Leno. <laughs> and, and it's oh, funny Leno. that uh, you brought up Carson, because I think Carson was, like, originally approached about this part, right? Oh, really? Yeah, I, I read that, like, Scorsese originally, like, reached out to him which it sense. would have been the only ever like role that Carson performed in, but that would have been pretty good because honestly, I would have liked to see Carson do something besides be a host of a late night show. <laughs> that would have been pretty cool to kind of see him be that. It would have been again. It would have been more so, I think, a, yeah, a Birdman. Yeah, you know, yeah, because he's actually a, a late night host. Where you know Jerry Lewis was more of a stand up kind of. Uh, movie star comedian he wasn't really a late night host. he wasn't really a late no, night no, host no, no. no i don't yeah. think so and then uh I, I guess if you count jerry's kids the telephone. yeah the the telephone <laughs> thing that he did <laughs> i'm joking <laughs> well but, he never did but, like, it, did he ever do like hosting duties for johnny carson you know I how they know. Like, have guests. i would imagine that jerry lewis well, hosted must, the oscars at one they must oh, have okay. done That's, the yeah, vegas yeah. show with dean martin like where yeah because they were buds right all the yeah yeah that kind of thing i also read a dean martin frank sinatra were approached before jerry oh okay which actually would have been crazy too yeah sinatra would have probably been cool yeah I saw the Manchurian Candidate for the first time uh, in the and, pandemic, uh-huh. and I I don't know if he's good in that. Like I'm okay. sort of confused okay, about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Yeah, I'm sort of like, was he good? <laughs> but but I like the movie and I like him, yeah. so maybe he was. Maybe I just need to rewatch it. Yeah, but. maybe. Yeah, I don't know because I saw From Here to Eternity. Okay, which he won an Oscar for. Yeah, yeah. And I was, it was kind of the same thing. I was like, well, he's Sinatra. I don't know if he's uh, Oscar worthy, uh-huh. but I guess he's got, you yeah. know, he, he's definitely looking in that gr- that woman's eyes and I'd make out with him. <laughs> he's, uh, there, there's a, I feel like there's a lot of people who like, if you rewatch those old movies, you'd be like, they're not that great. <laughs> like yeah. the old actors from back in the day. But. For sure. Definitely. But I think there is kind of a misconception it's that they're different. not all like that because some of them are really good. There's some that I like. I'll look back at and I'm like, oh man, 
this looks lame and i'll watch them I'm like oh wow this is actually really really good yeah but i think a lot of the really popular ones might not be and i also think too it's a different you know i'm sure people watching like watching them now have like the current movies on their minds so they yes yeah. it's yeah, a different it's, style it's a different it's hard to just especially because everyone just wants like bam bam bam, bam. yeah everyone's and, and that's um one thing i want to talk about with the king comedy is uh-huh. that like so because it, it's not I think a lot of people don't really give it the credit that it's due. Why it probably doesn't have a, a some sort of great release mm-hmm. is because it doesn't have that like, you know. But behind the camera, it doesn't have that like Goodfellas flash or that. No, like, there's you know not. I mean? He's not doing a lot of those like swish pans or like those uh like the, it doesn't have that Thelma screenmaker editing touch where like it's a quick like boom 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 like scene to scene. It's everything's very long and drawn out and you know i think it's one of those it's one of those movies in scorsese's filmography that i think like yeah people don't really when i brought it up to people they're like i've never even heard of it you know or like oh no i have a king of comedy like what like what is that and then but when you watch it it's it's a scorsese movie like it's still a scorsese movie no matter what so it's strange to me that not a lot of people have heard about this movie um even though it's it does like it hits the Scorsese beats that are in it's not an he does different styles, you know, which I think is something people forget about. But yes, you know, they he, do. They really he do. does like a very good, quiet, tense drama. Yes. With, you know, and that's exactly what thriller, this is. I guess. <laughs> and also it still has that uh, that that sort of gritty New York feel, uh, I think, a lot more than a lot of his other films. Um, yeah this one really does you know as much as i love taxi driver and taxi driver is a great gritty new york film but it is very sort of you know smoke coming out of grates in this sort of very stylish thing here there's none of that it's just sort of new york for what it is i mean yeah sure yeah. the clash is hanging out on the street but <laughs> it is new york for what it is you know what i mean there's no he never tries to kind of show you like New York in like this really pretty way. It's always just kind of like boots well, on the ground. Well, this is like a different, you know? like this is a different side of New York where it's not yes. this underground kind of yeah. like you know late night taxi driver thing. It's just like this hustle it's like bustle of Hollywood, Hollywood, New work, York. You know the working nine to five people like yeah, you know, it's like really bright out go, and just yeah. like you know where just there's a shit ton of people on the streets and yeah you know. But he doesn't even do like I feel like uh, maybe not so much in the eighties or when this was originally made. But I feel like if you did this movie now, there would be like it'd be the Joker. It'd, it'd be, be the Joker. Joker. <laughs> but like there would be these like huge big shots of like New York, like the yes. entire city with all the bridges. Yeah, the stupid. Yeah, just the those stupid like yeah the bridge or well, the city. Yeah, like, has, like, like for just... instance Jerry Langford's office. You know we do get a good sense of how it looks, but you're again if it was a movie today. There would be this. The office would be like this big fancy thing. Everything would look fancy. But it is be a like weird cool. office, you know. It is, but not like the chairs aren't all weird. But you know the I mean? little thing it's that, not... like the office, like where the well, it's reception a very eighties like, office. It looks yeah, like, it's just eighties. It's eighties. I look like they're trying to be futuristic, but it well, was that's like, what Mr. the eighties. <laughs> you know, that's it was just looked weird, 80s. like almost like a two thousand one or something. Like yeah, reception sure. desk. Like they just definitely yeah. It's it looked, like this. It like, was really weird. Thing. Like you know, but but uh, what I'm saying is that you know the 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 chairs and stuff were normal. It wasn't well, like it, this this office where like it, nowadays again they would it would just look like an entourage scene where they're just like all these models everywhere and all yeah. these paintings and yeah, stuff. Yeah, It'd be like this sure. really big thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where yeah. there, it was just, they weren't concerned about that. Sure, there was, it did look good and it did have that futuristic and look like and it was, And that thing, you know, I don't know what he's, that, 
the chair that he sits on where he's just waiting is like a weird looking like chair it's not just like a normal bench that he's just sitting on it's know? almost like rounded isn't it yeah like, it's like a curved. rounded back and yeah it has these like blue lights on the side it's i don't know it's just but yes it's not that really like hustle and bustle hollywood thing where yeah. it is that stupid or even just any movie now would just make a point to do that that everyone yeah. does and mm-hmm. just makes it so like like oh so like eye rolling you know like and he doesn't do like the either. joker yes yeah well that i mean you know it's funny i brought that up earlier because i just wanted to like say because that's you and know, is that why his name was murray in the joker oh why, whose name is murray uh de niro's, de niro's the host the, the tv talk show, show host, host. Oh. murray, murray. <laughs> <laughs> you know what i'm talking about yeah you well, saw I, the joker. I, I try to forget Did but, that's I mean. but that's what i mean like so you know in the joker it's like this they try to do all this, like, you know, that doesn't feel like any sort of real city. Because it's, like, trying to make this, like, fake grit, right? So, there's, like, you know, in King of Comedy, there's no score that's, like, dun, dun, dun. Like, no. this is no, dark. Yeah. It's, like, you know, it's just, like, this very nice kind of jazzy kind of lounge singer kind mm-hmm. of score. And so, but at the same time, it, it's not worried about that um trying to get you into the mood of what's dark about the film it's more so about what the characters are doing and and the actions of the character where you know in the joker is just like oh it's just like yes it's greedy shitty he's 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 crazy because look at this filter we put on the shot of like uh these kids beating up in an alley it it almost seems like in joker they were trying to say like well he's crazy because of where he's where he is like where he lives in this in in the world and like the king of comedy is saying the same thing but it's like he's crazy because he just can't get out of this place like he's trapped essentially in in that basement yeah it's recording like you said the celebrity worship thing yeah 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 yeah. well it's like weird like where he says he lives in a hobble you know but it looks pretty kind of nice is like i mean he's got a better setup than we do yeah it's like this (laughs) like you know like it's so weird, like you know, it the, that he is just trapped in his head, and he's like created, like he can't got to get. Well, he has to get out of this place because to, to him, this is a hobble. Yeah, yeah. To, to to divulge a lot of secrets about comics and comedians, I think there is a tendency for them to sort of give themselves a grittier backstory, like it makes them look a little cooler. <laughs> like the Joker, like, for sure, like the Joker, or like, but you know, like there will be comics who say like, oh yeah, my parents like are not supportive of me, and then you find out they're like rents fully paid for you know because <laughs> their parents have money and you know that that's how they well are. i mean emotionally well no no but yeah 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 but <laughs> i mean emotionally yeah emotionally that. as well <laughs> just kidding. but you know but you see but like, actually yes there's definitely support <laughs> definitely yeah but you know like yeah. so i would see people who like try to give themselves this like you know dark image or like they try to come off as like uh i'm the tortured artist comic as opposed yeah. to like no, like, I just want to make stupid jokes and have fun. And there are comics who do that, and they're great, and I think those are the better ones. But, uh, yeah, it seems like Rupert is a super huge, like, comedy or, like, celebrity fan and has heard, like, these celebrities had to work themselves from the bottom up. And, you know, he almost is, like, creating that for himself. Because right. when he gets in the limo with Jerry and he's telling him, like, I've been working on my routine and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, you have to start at the bottom. He's like, I'm at the bottom, like that's where i am you know and he's sort of that's a great place to start yeah he's like well that's a great place to start i was just gonna like bring that up too because that's what a lot of i feel like uh people do like think so they're just like well i should just be able to go up to somebody and just say like well i'm struggling 
So mm-hmm. you should see that as like a reason to give me a shot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where for it's sure. like, oh well, no, it really, it's like a combination of both. It has to be talent and that. And you that, can't yeah. just be like, well, I've worked my ass off. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. but you're not good. So you know what I mean? It has to be both. And I think, again, you know, working, you know, being a host of an open mic, yeah. you probably did see that a lot, whether it's, you know, comedy or music or whatever, you know? Because that was like one of the things where we we're just like, oh, I kind of saw that as like, oh, it is going to be that. You, you need talent and hard work. Yeah. And I, and I just was like, well, I don't have either of them. <laughs> At least we're not for that thing uh-huh. where I was just like, well, I, I'm not going to be able to put in that work and I don't really have the talent to not put in the work. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, and... It's it just like a funny thing that when you, you you know, there is that idea nowadays of people who just have that, well, all I have to do is just, I just get my one shot. I just show up somewhere and just like do something in front of someone. Oh, and yeah. Like, and that's just, I mean, obviously that's not real. Like, yeah. you know, that's not that's a real not thing. realistic. No, I remember right when I was doing stand-up like six months in, I got booked at the Improv in Ontario. And like, I thought like... <laughs> I'll just be working at the improv for like, you know, for however, however long. And like, I had a like pretty good set, but you know, then the next day I was like taking out the trash at work and it was like the first of many experiences where I was like, Oh, it doesn't happen. Like there's never a, it happens overnight thing. You have to constantly right go and, and to these places. And like, yeah, Rupert just wants it to be like, Oh, I talked to Jerry and he gives me the shot and I'm that, a star. And and that's what I and that's another thing too, is that like, you know, you obviously like know and conversate and are like friendly with comedians who could give you a shot, but that's not you know, you don't I mean that's not why you're doing that. You no, don't like become no, friends yeah. with them to like just be like, Well, like I'm gonna talk to you because you know I, you're I'm gonna convince you to let me do this thing. Yeah, you know, no. just like, but there are people that are like that. Oh, you know, they do that shit. Yeah, and I think this is like a really good look at that in a way that's not you know again it's just because Corsese is able to balance that line of it's not like this dark, really crazy, uh, violent movie, but it's not this really kind of a goofy, uh, silly comedy. It really no, yeah, of, blends. Yeah. yeah, it does like a pretty good. Like, and because know. yeah, like he lets he lets Jerry do the Jerry Lewis sort of comedy stuff in that one um, fantasy scene in the office where he like squeezes De Niro's face oh, and like yeah. does the slapsticky stuff. But then, and then there's also like I don't know if it's intentional or not when he finally abducts Jerry and he gets out of the car and the gun flies out under the door and he yeah, like falls. Oh, excuse me, like he has to walk the door's open and he has to walk around the door in front of Jerry to get the gun and yeah. then put it back on him. And like, I, I didn't remember seeing it like originally, but the most watching it for this, I like saw that and I was dying. I was like, was that De Niro just being that good? That like, right. That he knew to just like kind of fumble it. Exactly. Yeah. Or was that Scorsese who like, is he that funny to where he just goes like, Hey Robert, it'd be hilarious if you dropped the gun and had to like pick it up. Well, you know, you know, and, and, and you know, I, I don't want to make, like, the points for you, but I can just say right now that, you know, I believe this film should be in the Criterion Collection. <laughs> but, no, I really do. I, I, I It's one of the movies that I want to bring, but that's another good thing that I, I think um, you talking about that, scenes like that where, you know, you know, fucking uh, knock on wood, do all that stuff. Hopefully we don't, we don't lose Scorsese anytime oh, soon. I mean, But yeah. I would love to get a commentary with them on this film because they don't have it on the on the on the blu-ray on the blu-ray yeah there's only that like one tribeca yeah it's just like an interview but it would be great to get a commentary from everyone because they're all still alive and and again 
I'm not trying to, you know, hopefully they're fucking with us forever. Hopefully oh, yeah. I die. I, I feel like I'm going to die before Scorsese dies. <laughs> I hope I do. Yes. I hope I die before <laughs> that's Scorsese what I'm, dies. That's, yeah. that's my goal. I don't want to live in a world where I'm alive and he's not. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> and, and so if we can get, like, I would just love to get some sort of commentary about those stuff yeah. like that. To see, was uh, De Niro, you know, was he able to improvise or did was he out of his comfort zone? Because it's a little more comedy. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it would just be nice to kind of, like, hear them talk about that. We can't get... Jerry Lewis's uh, commentary, R.I.P. He's in the the big uh, Auschwitz in the sky. I mean, oh, I didn't mean to say that. Uh, I just meant because uh, of the day the clown died. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> when are we when are we gonna get the day the clown died? Uh, Don's Plum double feature. That <laughs> the would unreleased be, movie double feature. My goodness, that would be just like I mean, that's literally like that's if you watch that you compare that with the four-hour justice league cut you'll never watch you'll never want to watch a movie again you will be just disgusted with just film. disgusted with all film and <laughs> you'll just wonder why anyone have had ever had the goal to film something like why did they let these people do shit like this well uh one thing in the in this movie that i want to highlight is jerry lewis's jog his brisk jog down the street when uh he starts getting chased by them like he just has such a an awkward gait that like he does, yeah he looks like uh, almost like if a robot started walking or yeah. running fast yeah like, it looks like they sort of was like as he's going someone's like winding him yes up exactly to, like, yeah get him going <laughs> and look matt if that is your argument as why it should be in the criterion collection you know what that's a great one so let, yes. all right let's do a little last kind of oh yeah argument of why you think it should be in the Criterion Collection? Because I know you're a Criterion Collection fan. You're, yeah, you're a charter member. Charter member, you baby. You got it there. So you know what it's all about. You kind of yeah. know what the Criterion does. So, you know, let us know why you think King of Comedy specifically should be released on Criterion. In yeah. Your, you know, I, in your opinion. This movie specifically, I think it is I think it is a, a great... Um, movie from scorsese's filmography to go in the collection because it really highlights the other side of what he's good at as a filmmaker uh he can do tense stuff he can do funny stuff he can make you sort of like question how you feel about i mean he does it with every movie where you question how you feel about these characters but right he can really make you sort of like question whether you're sort of looking at them in the wrong light like is jerry the bad guy and rupert's the good guy or is sandra or uh masha really the only that's actually a really good point yeah like there's a lot of different ways you can look at it but you know i think his directing is just so on point in this movie and the fact that there's not any of those signature scorsese trademarks like the needle drops or the swish pans or the the you know the uh, repeated cuts of like scene to scene to scene where it's so just sort of like long and drawn out but it's not boring it doesn't feel like it drags it kind of moves very quickly and like yeah you get to from point a to point b like in in it seems like really really fast when you watch it um and i also think just the last thing like scorsese's not a guy where i think of performances really i think of a whole movie but Every performance in this movie is fantastic. De Niro, is, I think this is my favorite De Niro. Yeah. Um, and Sandra Bernhardt's great, and Jerry Luce is great, and The Clash are great. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, this is a really great, underrated De Niro performance. Because a lot of people wouldn't, you know, and, and he, you know, I, I don't know how you feel, but 
I think he does pretty well at delivering like the jokes at the end as, yeah. as being kind of like, you know, that kind of stand-up comedy. That, it's a, it's yeah. a different kind of comedy. It's right. Even I think in the 80s, it was like on its way out when they were That's making what, yeah, this. It yeah, it feels very much like that kind of Catskills kind Cat of Catskills, like, sort of yeah. like 1950s, yeah. like lounge act comedy. Yes, yeah. yeah. But but his timing was great. Yeah, yeah that, I mean that's what I feel like because a lot of actors can't really get that. They don't know how to really convey that, and I feel like he did a pretty good job. Yeah, you know. So I yeah, mean, I don't know, Mondo. What do you think? Yeah, I did, mean, did Demet make an argument for this to get in? He did. Yes, I mean, and the movie spoke for itself too. Honestly, you know, honestly, yeah, just yeah, like for sure. on this rewatch, it was it was definitely De Niro's performance for me. You know, and I really hadn't noticed it that before i get you know like i just mm-hmm. watched it as this kind of dark comedy thing you know and yeah and watching the shorts with it like as a companion it's like it's like oh yeah like De Niro knows what he's doing you know and it's and that should have never been a question you know but yeah i mean just like how you were saying earlier too is just how like who's the bad guy well i mean there's no real bad guy kind of you know like uh, Robert Rupert's character just has problems and he wants to be this thing and I mean to to be this like king of comedy you I mean you kind of have to do what you fucking can like you know you're gonna like fucking like you know like um, claw your way to the top almost you know and that's what he's doing like and and when we we're talking about this it reminded me of like Nightcrawler you know like where you're just yeah. like this oh, kind of psychopath like getting what you need and kind of manipulating some situations just to get where you need, you know, and and I'm sure Jerry Lewis's character uh, probably did that too to get where he's yeah. at, you know, like. But we just don't see that side of it, and he's just like this old curmudgeon, and I can understand why he's this old curmudgeon, you know, like. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Matt, I think you did give a great argument for why King Comedy needs to be in the collection, just for I mean, Scorsese, I mean, and Robert De Niro's performance, where we really haven't seen this ever again you know like where yeah. he's done this guy again you know like it's never I, just the the fact that too this comes after taxi driver and raging bull right yeah yeah, yeah. like the that he did those yeah, three raging bull was like 79 and 79, they filmed yeah. this in 81 in 81 yeah. yeah and so like the fact that like he does three kind of wildly different performances back to back and they all look different they all feel different like you yeah. said like you know, in Raging Bull, you almost don't even think it's De Niro at certain points. Yeah, because you're just like, oh, this is just like some guy he knows. Yeah, like, what, yeah. what is this? Like his face looks all crazy. You don't. Yeah, even... and the way his character turns, like when he gets older in Raging Bull, he's not. You know, like he could almost be calling back to that as like his Rupert character. You know, because yeah. it comes this like, like this like a show like lounge, <laughs> the lounge guy. Act, yeah, you know, but he's totally not. You know, and it, yeah. it's something totally different. You know for sure yeah. Well, yeah, even though they might all, dress the same but it all goes you know, back like, to the shorts because yeah. he just like connects all that shit yeah. everywhere it all yeah. just has something and that's why he's probably the fucking greatest one of the greatest american directors literally that we have yeah where he was able to kind of grab those like french or you know not french just foreign mm-hmm. influences and really make them signature in american more yeah. than anything mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah so that's yeah. why of course king comedy belongs yeah. in because, yeah, um, the argument that, of course, that, you know, it, it is a Scorsese that not a lot of people, I don't think a lot of people have seen this. I really no, don't think a lot not. of people have seen it. I don't think a lot of people give it the credit that it deserves. It's my favorite Scorsese movie. It's not his best. Obviously, Goodfellas is like, 
it's just like perfect on every level you can't go wrong with that movie there's no way to say that that's not a bit you know yeah i can't you can't argue with good there's no flaw in that film yeah yeah you know what i mean but this to me is like it really sort of encapsulates um a lot of the themes that he brings up in a lot of things, you know, that, that obsession. Where he keeps bringing up, yeah. Yeah, that he always brings up. Mm-hmm. In it. And then it's also just like a really great reminder that, you know, if you're not good at something, you probably shouldn't do it. And you probably shouldn't go out of your way to like, you know, cheat your way into it, you know? You can't cheat your way into shit like this. You just have to do it. And that's what Scorsese didn't cheat his way into it. He studied. He, he practiced. Yes, he, he practiced. Craft. He, he watched films. Yeah. He really, you know, it's like a, a comedian sort of being like, well, I'm going to be a stand-up. It's like, well, what stand-ups are you like? Well, I don't well, I don't actually listen to yeah. stand-ups. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like, well, that's kind of weird because, mm-hmm. you know, you can't just be like, well, I'm going to make films. Well, what films are you like? Well, I don't watch yeah, films. Yeah, Scorsese's you know? not that. Like, he, yeah. was a, he wants to be a director. I Top Chef. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, or I just, yeah, I mean, well, you know, Spike Jones got away with it. He only watched skate videos and he was able to make some pretty good movies, but... It's all right. Yeah. I just remember because I read the story where John Malkovich told him something about about um, a movie about Blanche, or he's like, "Oh, I feel like Blanche from A Streetcar Named Desire," and like uh, yeah. Spike Jones was just like, "What's that?" And he's like, "You don't know what A Streetcar Named Desire is?" He's like, "No, I've never heard of it." And he was just <laughs> like, and then he like went to like the producer, like, "What the fuck is this guy? Like, who is this guy?" You know? That's hilarious. It is really crazy because. He made a good movie, yeah. but he didn't... So he's an exception to this rule. But again, what I'm saying is that most directors who don't... You know, it's like bands. It's like different things. If you don't really like appreciate the classics and study them and really you know, get from them what they're teaching you and not just be like, oh, well, fucking, I'm just going to do what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Scorsese was able to do both. Mm-hmm. And this right here, I think, even though it's not as flashy as other films, it really shows that in like a lot of great ways because... You know, besides fucking stupid ass the Joker, Todd Phillips the Joker. I mean, this there, there's nothing. Yeah, where that he really, totally misses the mark. Of yeah, it, it misses the the point. Yeah, like this is about like mental illness in a way better way because it's not like trying to say it's cool. Or, like the Joker is like, oh, this is cool because he like you know he's a Joker and everyone raises him up on a cop car or whatever. You know, this is more so like no, you don't want to be a psychopath in a bar, like. When a bunch of cops Standing, are ready to take you to yeah, jail, yeah, yeah, showing some girl that doesn't want <laughs> well, anything to do with you. That was another thing where I was just like, no cop is just gonna fucking like pander to this fucking guy, you know? Well, that cop, you know, he, you know, he knew he he knew what was going on. Yeah. He knew he was mentally ill. He was trying to help him. He yeah. didn't want any trouble. He was trying to make it like easy. Yeah, you know what but I mean? still, I would I mean, say those are the only good cops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about that. All right, all right. I that mean, they're be going too far. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> They they must have beat the shit out of him when they got him yeah. in of prison. Course. Yeah. Oh, they oh, cut course. that out of the movie, right? Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Of course. <laughs> they told me it wasn't funny and they just beat the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so King Comedy should be in the goddamn Criterion Collection. It's crazy to me that it's not yet. I'm really waiting for a Scorsese box set of like all the stuff like this that isn't really... You know the popular stuff that needs to be on there. I, I feel like there were, like a, a Scorsese box set would need this and like... Yeah, After Hours... Probably needs to go in there. After hours, definitely. Stuff that's definitely like... Bring out the dead. Bring out the dead, yeah. (laughs) Stuff that's like... I I feel like people just forget that he's done more than the gangster film and like his epics. I guess like... I don't know. I I consider them his epics like uh, The Irishman in Silence. Like these long character studies. But like 
they're sort of like very long epic movies but they're about as he's just so focused on that character right that, yeah and um, a lot of people just want to see the uh dicaprio de niro scorsese stuff they forget about the bring out the deads <laughs> and the silences where there's not those people those people who he, yeah. he was known to work with yeah 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 so i mean hell yeah this is a great scorsese double feature um king comedy should be in there if it doesn't get in there um you know we can i mean we're gonna get rupert on your ass yeah we get criterion yeah we could i mean do the, like a i feel like the the artwork would just be so awesome too like give me the cover with that title card man like <laughs> I'm, I'm fucking so ready for that shit because you know i you know I, the blu-ray it's got you know again that that interview and stuff but i need something i needed something thicker i I, need thick I didn't case. notice until like just before we started recording uh that you have the blu-ray here but like the cover of the Blu-ray is so cheesy to me. <laughs> now that I look at it, he's standing in front of the TVs yeah, it's just so yeah, with Jerry's the, face. It's, yeah. not even like, it's, it's not like, like the, the right... Truman Show or something. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's not even like the right time yeah. frame. Like there no. wasn't TVs like that at that time. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> fucking the King Comedy's in. Ed TV. Right? Yeah, Ed TV. <laughs> Ed TV's in. Ed TV's in. <laughs> fucking McConaughey. Fucking Woody. fabulous. The best yeah, he's yeah. been since True Romance. Or no, True Detective. True Detective. <laughs> <laughs> True Romance should be in there too. Yeah. But yeah, so thank you, Matt. Thank you. For joining us on here. Where that can we a... find you online? Yeah, where can we find you on not online? Are you on Letterboxd? I am on Letterboxd. Okay. Um uh, my name on Letterboxd is Welcome Matt with three T's, I want to say. Okay. Uh Welcome Matt. But I mean really yeah. emphasizing the Matt. Okay, yes. Yes. <laughs> uh for some reason. Uh and then yeah, so I'll always post whatever movie i watch on there it's usually a 24-hour turnaround so if i if you see something goes up i probably watched it the day before all right um and then twitter and instagram is matt avila m-a-t-t-t-a-v-i-l-a okay nice hell yeah thank you for bringing this uh scorsese double feature again i you know we're, we're saying former stand-up former podcaster but i think you know with this third um because you used to do the the Gosling according to Matthew, which yes, was a yeah. Ryan Gosling. I used podcast, to have a Ryan Gosling podcast, which yeah. was a really great podcast. Where Thank you. Had you. Guests yeah. go. No, really, it was really yeah. fun. We also you had we talked about our man crushes, which was yeah, a really yeah, cool yeah, thing yeah. too. Yeah. So that's I, I think now that Gosling's doing his like third wave, I think you should bring it back. Third, hey, third just, wave Gosling. <laughs> I think you should bring it back. I think you Maybe, should bring yeah. that back, but that's just a suggestion. All right. Thank I'll you so think much. I'll about it. Mondo, where can we find you? Yeah, I'm at save underscore Mondo on Letterboxd, Twitter, Instagram. Hell yeah. And follow the Criterion Cult at Criterion Cult Pod on Instagram. And then at Criterion Cult on Twitter. And then you can find me at Young Jane Fonda on Instagram. And just, uh, I think it's Jody Foster Army on Letterboxd. Or you just look up Jordan Garcia. <laughs> Either way, thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Matt, for joining us. This was a yes, great thank Scorsese. You, thank you. Double feature. See you guys next time. Join the cult. Cool.